Welcome everyone to the Lighter Mind Podcast. In the Lighter Mind, we explore spirituality, personal growth, trauma, recovery, and the path to wholeness. The Lighter Mind Podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any forms of mental illness. We are not licensed therapists unless otherwise noted, and these are experiential conversations. Welcome to another episode of the Lighter Mind Podcast. I am here with Crow and Alan again. And over the last couple of episodes, we have been going into our our stories, uh, trying to war story the least amount that we possibly could and trying to share some of our experience, strength, and hope. And today what we were what we were going to be discussing is to kind of compare and contrast some of our experiences. And we really wanted to dig into some of the solution that the three of us have found. So I, cause I know at the, at the very end of all of our stories, we, we give a brief explanation as to what our maintenance looks like and you know, what our solution looks like. But we kind of wanted to talk a little more about, um, you know the similarities in our stories and you know how we how we're managing to kind of cope with some of the stuff that we've overcome and some of our traumas and all that good stuff yeah so uh i think this last week i gave all three of our stories a listen and while we were actually recording them i found that you know like you kyle was nodding in agreement when i was talking about some things mm-hmm. and then when we were you know, doing Chris's, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, similar background, some experiences. So, um, and I think that, you know, there's only a certain spectrum of childhood drama, like, you know, that's not physical, right? So there aren't that many things that are traumatic, you know, abandonment issues, you know, Chris's dad leaving to go to Thailand, my dad leaving to go to Korea. Um, so similarities in that, um, so I just started wrapping kind of ideas around how we could discuss what we saw in each other's and then how we've dealt with these things, right? So I think each of us has a different and our and our approaches to things are different and similar. You know, I think you know like Kyle and I both lost weight, you know, Chris and Kyle go to the same gym. I've fallen off the workout wagon, but I still get out <laughs> out on the mountain bike at least once a week, and hopefully soon we'll have the little home gym room open again for Ooh. me to start doing that. Nice, um, that'll be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully in the next few months we'll get the VW bus put back together, and that room that is full of old Volkswagen parts will be actually <laughs> able to be used for it's designed for. So. Um, I kind of want to just open it up to kind of have a conversation and like what struck a nerve, you know, like when I'm talking, what happened and when Chris was talking and when Kyle was talking, because, you know, like as Kyle was saying things, um, you know, like, oh, yeah, that happened. You know, same thing happened to me. You know, I mean, I didn't have, um, you know, any physical abuse um, ever. Right. But. You know, there was that 
fear. <laughs> I was scared to death of my mom, right? Yep. You know, and dad was gone. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, there were times where my brother and I would be acting out and I, you know, mom was at the end of a rope and all she had to do was go to the phone and act like she was going to call my dad and be like, take them back. I don't want them, you know, we like, oh, shit, because we didn't want to go there. You know, we didn't know our father. We didn't. He had a whole new family, like, you know, met a younger woman and like insta family of three kids. So, um, yeah, so I kind of want to just go around and see what you guys thoughts are and and we can discuss uh, what we've done to. Uh, I don't think, you know, we've you'll ever it's a practice, right? So meditation is a practice. It'll never be perfect. And mindfulness is a practice. So, you know, so I think we'll, uh, Chris, I can see the wood burning over there with Chris. Well, well, what do you do daily that you've, it's one of those things that, that become your, your bliss, your, your passion that you can't not do. I know that you've told me before, like, Oh, you know, you, Alan will call me up and tell me how pissed off he is because he hasn't meditated for a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or his breath work. Uh, so. Right. And I think of all, for me, all the things that I've done, and I love my mindfulness, and I'm, you know, I've, I've gotten back on it, and I'm being much more doing a daily kind of practice. But I think in the last year, the breath work has been the biggest thing for me to really uh, kind of like, calm the nervous system down um and chris had sent us an article he, about uh someone he recommended a book to and the guy read it and, and uh you know a mature gentleman recommended this book <laughs> yeah so um, yeah yeah so you know i think really you know i think he got the mind component the body component and the spirit component and we need to uh kind of look at all of those and how they've worked yeah, I think, I think for me, but what, what, one of the first things that I, that I've, that I've been thinking about and we're, you know, kind of just kind of recapping on our stories is the similarities in some of our stories and also like the huge differences. But the thing that was striking to me is how we all managed to end up in the same place or at least relatively the same place of, you know, kind of working on mind, body, spirit. And I feel like that is, I think for me personally, that is the thing that I am working on so intensely in my life right now. And that's kind of like my mantra right now is I'm even trying to work on a t-shirt, you know, that I'm thinking about for it. It's my, it's a triangle with mind, body, spirit around the outside and then help others right in the middle. Right. And so I think that that's like, I love that. And I think that when I, when I first got, when I first managed to get into recovery, I think it was very me focused. I don't think it was necessarily, I think the first thing that I had to do was I had to work on the body because I feel like the, I had, you know, physical addictions to sugar and drugs and, you know, food and all kind, you know, nicotine, all kinds of things. And that was like the first thing that I really had to dive into. And then the mind aspect kind of like, you know, kind of get incorporated with some therapy, um, do, doing a lot of trauma work, doing a lot of like self-forgiveness work and going into the, the step work and the, the program that I was, that was a part of, 
you know, expect, you know, I, I, I had talked about in my story about having to go through my, my list of resentments and my fears and stuff like that. And a lot of that is, is building up like the mindfulness about, you know, how do I show up in the world? And then as soon as that part was done, then we started to, I started to kind of get into more of the spiritual aspect and throughout my journey, it's been very difficult for me to find a balance between doing all three of those things because it's, and I, and I found that if I'm lacking in one aspect of that mind, body, spirit, I'm typically lacking in some other point, or at least, at least it's affecting some other portion of that. And I'm at that point now where it's in my routine to, you know, pray and meditate, go work out in the morning, uh, try to, um, try to stretch as much as I can try to get out in nature as much as I can try to communicate the best that I can. And then the other big thing that I work on for my mind is like, I'm still going to therapy. I'm still going to therapy quite a bit because I'm at, I'm still in this place of kind of like unpeeling the onion. And I mean, I, I, I always think of the, I think of the song 46 and two by tool, which is where, mm -hmm. which is about, you know, kind of evolving, um, into like a higher, a higher level of yourself. And I, I call it shedding, shedding my shadow. And there's still, there's still parts of like my, my shadow that I'm still having to work with, but it's, but I'm finding that the more that I maintain all three of those aspects, I'm more willing to show up and help another individual, um, without any like ulterior motive. Or, or with any like ill intentions and I find that I'm a lot happier and you know I can you know pass it off to one of you guys but I can get into what that actually looks like but at least that's what right now that's my journey yeah and I think that balance is hard to find right like two if you had two parts mm -hmm. it'd probably be easier to balance but once you add that third and I think the the pyramid for me was exactly the same first it was body and then trying to do the mind and then the spirit part. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the hardest part because mm -hmm. it's super woo-woo and, like, you know, like, not tangible, right? Body and mind are pretty tangible. You can kind of grasp how to do that. Um, but the spirit part's difficult. And the, you know, service is, you know, really a key part to that. Like, and I've really been remiss on that. And I texted you guys a while ago about volunteering and I – saw a job the other day that I was like, oh, it's part-time. It's working with at-risk teens, tutoring them. And I'm like, yeah, make a little spending money. And, uh, you know, uh, so maybe get around to that. But, you know, the service part and, and the, you know, I mean, just helping people in general. A few weeks back, I had to take my mom to the doctor for a checkup. You know, she'll be 90 soon. And there was this dude standing in the parking lot, older guy, Cars broken down, hood up, jumper cables hooked to his battery, just standing there. And like I sat, I saw him from up in the hospital looking down, and then I walked by him, and he was like, Hey, can you give me a jump start? And I'm like, Give me a second. I gotta get the car, I gotta go pick up the old lady, and then I'll come and uh, help you. And he's like, I've been here for two hours. Oh my God. And, and everyone had to drive by there to get out of the parking lot. And yeah. I, he's like, Not one person even offered to help. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, You know. 
that, that just sucks. Like mm-hmm. it, that's a shame. It, that's what the world's come to. Like no <coughs> one wants. Shame. You know, like yeah. so. Shedding that selfishness skin is probably very hard for mm-hmm. almost all of us because you know it's it's really challenging to be like, oh, I'm going to give back when you feel like, especially people like, you know, don't think they've gotten enough. I have a friend years ago, just bitched about me. Oh, bad shit only happens to me. Mur, mur, mur. <laughs> never had any gratitude for anything in his life. And that day, I was like, and I've never found the video again. It was like this video showed up. It was this guy. And he was just talking about if you aren't grateful for what you have, the universe, God, whatever, I don't know, isn't going to give you any more. Like, you you don't, you need to be, and the whole time I'm, like, sitting there watching this guy rant about how he has doesn't have shit and the world, you know, it's not, life's not fair. And I'm like, John F. Kennedy said life's not fair. And he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth because mm-hmm. life isn't fair, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But if you can't be like, wow, thank you. Thank you for what I have, you know. Right. And you know, and, and maybe it's modern world. Everyone wants more and more, and you see that the guy, this guy has that, and this guy has this, and and with you know instant gratification of social media, you know, it looks like all these people are like living like you know in Ibiza and doing all this great stuff twenty four hours a day, but they're probably really miserable. Yeah. You, know, you never know. Yeah. 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 More than likely. Yep. More than likely. Right. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, so that, to me, you know, was was the facet. You know, the, the spiritual part's still hard to wrap my head around. I mean, I, I, you know, we've had this conversation, and I, every night I do my gratitude in bed, and I thank the universe, God, whatever, whatever spirit is moving me mm-hmm. um, as I lay in bed, and I try to think of good things that happen during the day and try to uh, wake up. Um, and my recent one I've been doing is I get up every morning and uh, we'll, we'll, I'll do a uh, non-paid advertisement for the other ship, uh, breathing app, breathwork app. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But there's one which is a 21-day gratitude. Just do the same one for 21 days. And you do breathwork, some holds, and do gratitude. And then your intention for the day, like how are you going to show up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So mine is like because I can be just a total jerk. Um, is I'm like I'm going to show up in a good mood and be nice, mm-hmm. be compassionate and be loving. And when people are, you know, having a tough time, I'm going to be there for them. I might try to diffuse the situation with some humor which sometimes doesn't work because you know when you're kind of trying to like make someone's (laughs) make a joke out of something someone's going through because when you're in that you're like you know when you're in that stew and then you you know it's so hard to get out and if someone comes up to you and is like you know kind of makes light of it they're like fuck you (laughs) you don't know what i'm going through this is the worst thing ever right 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 yeah, so uh, you know, so the, I think to me that's a the breath work is huge, yeah. and you know I just did that polyvagal thing and I showed you guys how to rub the ears and move the eyes. To, yep. To, to so you know, to me, a lot of it is physical things that mm-hmm. center me more yeah. than anything, like the polyvagal, like the eye movement thing. And if you're interested, look on YouTube for 
polyvagal eye movement or whatever some videos will show up we'll link once we get the website up we'll link some of these things um, right but uh so what what has that done for you what has like the gratitude and the breath work and being able to help other people and stuff like what does that do for you on a daily basis uh i think it helps me um realize that even though i've had you know this back injury and my other leg like just walking is a pain in the ass but i i wake up and i'm like oh, life's pretty good you yeah. know and when i went through all the back injury stuff and i was going to see the doctor she was always like i can't believe how good your attitude is she's mm -hmm. like most people mm -hmm. have given up by now and just call you know and i said well what am i gonna do you mm -hmm. know, hey, my little stoicism rose. And it like, is yeah, your stoicism, <laughs> yeah, except time. except your fate, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, yeah, keep a good attitude about it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm still alive. I'm still able to function. You know, yeah. basically normally. You know, yeah. I'm not going to go for a long hike ever again or ski, which you know, I grew up skiing, so it's going to suck to never ski again. But it's a small price. Right? Yeah. So, so I wake up and I'm like. Huh. You know, yeah. we've we've discussed how we go to dark places. I go to dark places. There's times, yeah, we're human. especially when I'm just here alone. Like for well, the wife's at work, and I'm here eight hours a day. And it's just me and the dogs, and it's the dead of winter, and I'm just like, you know, yeah. shuffling around in the yeah. house, like moving. <laughs> uh, I should yeah. alphabetize these records, or you know, and they're like, oh, what? What's the point? But uh, you know, so the breath work I think helps you really overcome that. And some of the things on the other ship are really just cool fun to do mm -hmm. right challenging challenging you and, challenge yourself right mm -hmm. you stretch yourself yeah yeah that's yeah. super important i think that it i think that before because i know you want to pass it off to you too but i think that the the important thing that as i'm i'm listening to you talk i think the listeners need to understand that like if if you were within your first a uh, couple of years of sobriety or mental health recovery or trauma recovery or wh whatever whatever the listeners are going through it's important to understand that like a perfect like a life does not exist like there there's still going to be bad days there's still going to be upset um but i think that we with through that like perception change that you're that you were speaking of that i can definitely relate to we become better at dealing with the bad days and we kind of and I know for me personally, I, I really get into just kind of riding the wave out and just kind of get into that, like that true radical acceptance of which I guess is just stoicism of just understanding that this is happening to me. I can't do anything about it. And I'm going to kind of like lean into it. And, you know, I kind of just go with the ebb and flow. And I think that one of the things that I really struggled with when I was using was that I didn't want there to be any bad days. And I didn't want to have any bad emotions. I didn't want to be anxious, upset or depressed or anything like that. And so I did everything that I thought was in my power to try to control the way that the world worked so that um, it could change my circumstances and, you know, in turn would change the way that I feel. And but it but it is important to understand that, like, you know, j just because, you know, I have seven years of sobriety and I, I had a terrible last couple of weeks, you right. know, and it, but it just, but I'm still here. I'm still fighting. I'm still, you know, that's kind of what you get when you're like that man in the arena. It's like, sometimes you get called into the arena and you have to fight. 
and that's uh but we get better at fighting it and you know we get better at coping with it and along the way i know me personally i've i've put a lot more tools in my toolbox so that the uh the bad days don't actually take me down yeah and that's we've discussed the tool like if you all your only tool is a phillips head screwdriver you're not going to build much yeah right yeah exactly so this reminds me we're gonna i'll read this i should have chris read it since you know he's got the voice but he doesn't have his glasses on he's he's an (laughs) elderly gentleman (laughs) (laughs) mature gentleman not elderly (laughs) so anyhow so this is uh roomy you know the oh yeah nice sufi uh poet and it's the guest house i'm sure you guys have maybe heard this one but it goes this human being is a guest house every morning a new arrival a joy a depression a meanness some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor welcome and entertain them all even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture still treat each guest honorably he may be cleaning you out for some new delight the dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful forever comes because each guest has been sent as a guide from beyond. Mm. So, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I, that always reminds me, you know, like, and that's that sadness has come over me. But now this is a different kind of thing. Like, all right, I woke up and this is this is the guest. So I'm like, yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're uh, kind of depressed today. Well, come on in. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, exactly. What, what's going on, little dude? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, fighting it too is just so counterproductive. Yes, right? it makes it worse most of the time. Right. Oh, it does. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It does. And uh, um, so I think that's good. Very good. Yeah. Because that's part of the challenge, and then that seems to me it's from what it sounds like you're saying is that has become your new path in life right is just being ready for the next challenge right it's like all right how do i handle this today yeah and that's all, all right. life is is a string of challenges yep. you know i mean the only people who don't have challenges or problems are in the graveyard right mm-hmm. right there's no matter i mean you have a giant pile of money i've been reading about all these billionaires offing themselves i'm like all right so the that's not the answer. That is apparently mm-hmm. doesn't. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a sweet spot of happiness statistically and from studies where you have a certain amount of money that it does bring some level. It's more comfort and probably less worry or stress. Yeah, less stress, which brings you know. happiness. Right. Mm-hmm. So there is that sweet spot. And I've been, you know, dirt yeah. poor and I've had money and both are okay. Like I look back at when I was incredibly broke. <laughs> I look back and yeah. I'm like, well, I survived it. You I, survived. I had no money. Like, yeah. I mm-hmm. a Seven Eleven burrito was my one meal a day. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I owned, yeah. A, owned a brewery, so it was beer and burritos, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and ride a bicycle home each way in the dead of winter. But I look back and I'm like, well, it was really hard, but it really, you know, sharpened my edge, mm-hmm. right? Honed my blade or whatever. So, you know, I think people go through these struggles. And don't, and it's it's hard, right? It's super hard when you're in the middle of the struggle to realize that a it's not going to last forever, right? And b you're probably going to come out you know, that whole Nietzsche thing that doesn't what it doesn't kill us makes us stronger. So I think you come out the other side a lot tougher and yeah. ready for bigger challenges. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And did you find too, both of you, that that in your recovery you start to draw? on those experiences 
as a testament to the fact that I can, and I have before done this, I've gotten through and I'm going to do it again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just have to realign because it's like the defense has thrown me a different look this time, but it's still the same game. So I, I've done it before and I'll do it again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about, I was actually, I was, I was talking about you this, this last week with, with Alex, who was for all the listeners, he was on our episode five and we were, I was talking about, um, we had a, we had a coffee date a long time ago where I was in a piss shitty mood coming into the coffee date or something like that. And you were talking about one of your, I I don't know if it's like a way of maintenance or something, just like in a culmination of like all the things that you've, you've learned over the years, but you said that you, you have this way of almost creating your own reality and this way of almost like of choosing to either let things into your reality or to not, you know, not acknowledge other things that don't necessarily serve your, your highest self and stuff like that. And I was wondering, you know, since the listeners have heard all of your, have heard your story, where does that, where did that come into like within like your maintenance process or like, what is that, what does that actually look like for you? You know, that's a great question. And I, I was just thinking about this on the way over here. No lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't have a topic. But th- this is something that I, uh, with um, the work I'm doing now and with other clients right now, and this seems to be one big mountain out of something that takes just the slight shift, perspective shift. And it's like I often say, you know, I say this all the time in, in, group, uh, in groups that uh, – these people, places, things, they're mm-hmm. not always going to change for us. Mm-hmm. There was nobody that was moving that cinder block liquor store across the street from my apartment when I sobered up. What had to change about the way I saw, I saw that was the way I saw it. I had to change. Something else had to change radically here, and that was my perspective, my perception of these things. And... That is when, uh, in my recovery, my early recovery, going back to my three things, body, soul, and spirit, that that was clutch for me. That was it. That was all. I needed to re... And that is the, the core central aim of anybody that's on a, a, a journey of a higher spiritual self or whether they're on a path of addiction recovery um, is, is we want to be whole. As Gabor Mate says, right? Health in, in uh, his, his native language means wholeness. So it, it, that's what health is. And health, and first and foremost for me as well, was the, the body piece. I was riding my bike everywhere, and if I wasn't do that, then I was, then I was walking sometimes in the middle of the night because I couldn't sleep, and I couldn't get my sleep pattern back to normal. And I didn't have, you know, like uh, you would get in a recovery center with uh, sleep meds or anything else. I didn't have any of that. And uh, just that alcohol coming back from that, man, it's a bitch trying to get that sleep schedule back on, trying to get the diet back on. You know, you got constipation. Your body's trying to go one direction. Your head's off in la-la land. 
So I knew that I had to rejoin those. So a first for me was physical. And I had to yeah, just so keep, that's a common keep thread. it's a common thread, which mm-hmm. is essential, which is very, very important to, but to recognize that and to call it out and to acknowledge that, that in this, in this thing of addiction or um, a downturn in life, whatever it may be that's thrown us off, we become disconnected. We become disconnected from others. We become, we, we, we try to lunge you know, headlong into social, and I, I'm using air quotes. <laughs> it's 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 such a such an irony here, isn't it? Social media, and yet it's the one thing that fills us, makes us feel so distant and separated from everybody else. Because I'm not like, and that's not me, and and I and I and and none of that worked, and I and I. But we we become disconnected was my point, and we become disconnected to a large degree, to a greater degree. Our first and foremost, our body. Right. We become totally used to where we're a bobbling head that takes this temple, this this machine for granted, like it's just gonna rise and shine every day and work for me, and uh, um, and then we can broaden that metaphor out. And say, well, we've been disconnected from our peers, our friends, our family, our support system. And then we can go one step further and say, we've connected from nature. I, I don't feel like I'm connected to anything. And, I, and I'm floating. And so it's a process of rejoining those three things. But for me, it was probably simultaneous that it was definitely physical first. I had to get back into my body. And... You still do it now. You still go to the gym. You still do your breath work. Mm-hmm. We're really key about this breath work piece because, you know, in the in the the Greek origin of the word spirit means nothing more, nothing less than pneuma. It comes from the word pneuma, which is breath. So our spirit is our breath, the very essence of our breath, capital E essence on that one and and it it comes from within you so before you even form a word or before anything even comes out it is the very breath and the life force within us so that's our spirit you cannot have that and otherwise of course you'd be without breathing and you'd be dead but um then that's a whole other story i can't answer to but but for me, it was it was definitely body first, and then it was simultaneous, I think, mind, and then the spirit piece hit me. It hit me hard and fast. And then I did have what what some folks have referred to as burning bush moments. Um, you know, uh, Kyle, you and I have discussed this where uh, I've told you some of my stories and some of my, um, you know, through either dreams or just experiences – there was some serious decalcification going on in that frontal <laughs> cortex or yep. something, but at the same time, there was a lot of meditation and a lot of prayer and a lot of intention thrown out there uh, from from old Crow here and into the universe. But a lot of that kind of came back to me really hard. And uh, I realized early on that that was, for me personally, the one thing that I had that had led me down these roads of so many knocks and bumps in my life and alcoholism for 18 years was the fact that I had disconnected from my higher power. 
from my spirit, from the one that I've always leaned into early on as a little kid. And I, the minute that I disconnected from that, I lost my dream. I lost my dream about myself. Who, who was I? And, and, I, and I grew up, <laughs> in essence, really. I mean, I grew up. And I quit listening to my spirit. I quit listening to the little kid in me that w- wanted to be, take on the world and was capable of doing anything. And I disconnected from Little Crow. And um, some old traumas, I think, what happened in my case, some old traumas that were never quite, scores that weren't quite settled in the nervous system, probably, I'm sure, I'm sure now, came back to... to uh, to settle the score um, and they appeared that I didn't know how it was looking in terms of coping mechanisms and I right. and I learned that now of course in recovery but that was my my situation so that I realized and I and I didn't have a therapist of course at the time I was sobering up I didn't have insurance so I had to slug this thing out tooth and nail by myself really and with a lot of help from AA and then I got myself back into uh, a church community and thank God it was the one that I did find that was beyond forward thinking it was more into the mystical than it was any sort of uh, dogma and it taught me and I got connected with a lot of theologians that could really steer me right and give me some answers but um but I realized that it's still a, a big thing. That's my hobby now is all of this, right? Mm-hmm. So um, this is what I need to do in maintenance is I need to keep studying. I, need, yeah. I want anything that feeds me uh, knowledge is power, right? I mean, mm-hmm. knowledge and information is the way. And... Uh, and that is what led me down the road of going back into my past and realizing, all right, hey, man, you know, I think what's got to change in the future is the perspective. But if the perspective is going to change and I'm going to own it my way, then I'm going to go forward my way. Mm. And that is where this creation piece came in, right? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, someone could really easily look at my life now and go, man, you're just like, you're ignoring this, that, or the other thing. You don't watch news. You quit watching news, gross, and she sobered up. So what gives, you know? Uh, it's like you're blocking out this or that that's going on around you. Well, ignorance is bliss, right? Mm-hmm. I'm following my bliss. I'm paying attention. Attention, capital A here. I'm giving intention and attention mm-hmm. to what I deem important mm. and really relative. And that's, that's um, you know, friends, that is that that I care about. That, that, and I think half the world wants you to care on social media and get on the news or listen to radio. They want you to care about unimportant shit. And that's the problem, and that's the distraction, because that, in turn, really is a lot of food for sheep. And I think when we emerge from this cocoon, we realize just how powerful we are 
and we look back at, to our past and in all of our lives and I, every listener's got a story out there where you have overcome some amazing things but half the time moving forward is it's not the scare that part of the the scare of the change is not just what will people think of me moving forward i think the biggest component here is oh my god it just might happen the real me may emerge and it's going to be somebody i don't recognize because they're so flipping powerful what will i do if i succeed that is a narrative most people cannot handle and so we throw that into the big bag of fear mm. you know what i'm saying yeah i absolutely do and i i think one of the one of the things that like i've i'm really taking like from your experience with that and kind of just like creating you know kind of going forward on your own terms and one one of the things that's like really helped me with that and the way that I view it is that I'm almost like protecting what I've built and I'm almost like protecting my I'm protecting my energy I'm protecting my best best interest not necessarily in a, in a selfish way but it's like I've come through my entire life like building this castle you know, and it's like anything that doesn't necessarily serve this castle has to go. And there is a lot of irrelevant shit out there Good. that can start taking down parts of the castle without Good. you even being aware of it. And and so that's kind of the way that I have that I've kind of like interpreted that into my own life that like I, I do kind of, I do have the opportunity to kind of like create my own experience, you know, and like and, and I think that there is. You know, I think a lot of people in the world are struggling with inadequacy and depression and anger and fear and all these kinds of things. And I think as soon as we start, instead of just like, I think that there's there's a difference between like holding space for someone and like letting that energy like into your body and kind of like form who you are. And so, I, and so it's almost like for me, I've turned that creating my reality almost into like a boundary. Of like I, you know, I absolutely, you know, I have, absolutely. I have created this, this wonderful fucking architectural masterpiece. Yes, and like you, I'm not gonna let anyone take this down, and they shouldn't, and yeah. they shouldn't get a piece of that, Kyle. Mm -hmm. I mean, here's the thing: to get out of victim, and 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 the victim mode of guilt and shame that cycles endlessly. Mm -hmm. The one thing. One thing that's going to take you out of that is responsibility. Owning it. Mm -hmm. Owning your shit. Okay? Once you own it and you climb again, we're going to come back yeah, to that conversation of climbing to the top of your, your pile of what yeah. you part you played in it and what you didn't, then you can redivide those boundaries and set this thing up my way. Right. But before that, I mean – you need to be able to even recognize the guilt or shame. Mm. Yes. You know? So you yeah, can't just okay. be like, I'm taking responsibility for this. But if, sure, I'll take, res I beat the shit out of you. And tomorrow I'm going to do it again because I'm not addressing why I beat the shit out of you. I'm just yeah. going to, I took responsibility, but, you know, so I think you need to look 
beyond responsibility for your actions and say, okay, what's causing these actions? Yeah, that's so, what yeah. I mean by right. responsibility. So you Absolutely. got you got to root, yeah. root out. Yes, the, the, and, and I'm completely in agreement that you need to take responsibility for to change. Right, but f- your first responsibility is to figure out what is affecting you what what is going on like you know i'm reading this guilt shame and anxiety book and now i'm to the part where you have to actually do the work and he's like it's super hard and you're gonna have to be committed or it's not you know so but i was like i never thought i had any of those things and mm-hmm. now i read that book and i'm like oh yeah i got it. I was like, <laughs> oh my god i'm a mess yeah, like, yeah. i never thought i had Who'd any anxiety <laughs> problems at all and i'm like Huh. I probably got more anxiety than the other two, but I never thought I had any of those. I thought I had, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah. So you got to work on, uh, and the responsibility part is good, and and taking ownership is good. You know, and like, and with ownership and though, don't you think that is exactly what you're saying? Is you got to do take ownership to correct it? Well, yeah. I think you need to look at it holistically. Like here is here I am, right? And I need to own me. And I don't want, and I need to take responsibility for wanting to become more and then becoming more. And I'm not going to, you know, like I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, it's my parents' fault. It's my parents' fault. Well, whatever. You know, they had a role in it. Most parents don't like the trauma we've had with abandonment. It wasn't done maliciously. It wasn't. No. It would just happen. No. It was how the world is. And sometimes I get like a little bent, like triggered. I'm triggered by you being triggered. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's like, oh, God, well, I've got this and this well, and this. And then I look at these like World War II generation, these motherfuckers, they didn't have a teenage life. Like 18. No kidding. They go off to war and six years later, like, you know, they come back and what do they do? They shut the fuck up and they do the work, right? Yeah. And, and granted, they raised a bunch of fucked up people so maybe there was a problem there but just like whining about trauma sometimes just annoys me like i'm like yeah we've all got it work on it just don't so, say if yeah. people just run around like i'm triggered you can't say this you know you can't you know that's not completing the know, process here right. of responsibility it's, it, well, it's no responsibility it's deflecting it, it's, completely it's like so it's cutting the whole piece right. of responsibility well short. and it becomes this super self-centric thing like i'm the most important thing in the world and everyone needs to kowtow to what i think and believe and if you don't like that then i'm gonna call you out on it and make you know oh you're racist or whatever right so it's just that whole that so when we talk about the trauma and we have it and we're trying to find healthy ways to deal with it and i i think what i'm saying is that kind of stuff is just an unhealthy way like it is silencing someone yes. else's uh, speech for... is not right. doing anything to help you heal you heal right? you and you're not and, taking you know, care and of then you. you're on this on this slippery slope like well well you can't say things and pretty soon you aren't gonna be able to think things like yeah. oh well, you can't think that because that's... someone might be offended well I'm sorry I... if you're offended everyone's offended you know it's like that I saw like a little a meme of the family circus thing you know remember that cartoon that was like super wholesome and then mm-hmm. you know the dad was standing there and he was like 
what's the magic word? You know, like, you know, please. In my generation, you say, yes, it was please. Now it's, it was, I'm offended. (laughs) So like you get what you want by just saying you're offended or triggered. That's so, mm -hmm. and we get triggered. I mean, you know, but a, like if I, if something triggers me and I'm air quoting it, I don't go and like, I'm triggered. Oh my God. (laughs) You know what? I go, okay, what caused that? You know? So I, we respect it take the responsibility on myself like what is going on in me that's causing me to react in this way instead of respond right so there's a huge delineation between mm-hmm. reacting to something and responding and and that to me has been and probably one of the hardest parts of my journey trying to be a better person is becoming less reactive because i used to be super reactive to where you would mm-hmm. deflect and cast out first or attack or attack, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you feel yeah. some form of threat or yeah. slighted, and you immediately go on the offensive. offensive. Yes. Right? And you don't need to go on the defensive. You just need to do that whole, you know, like I used to tell the kids. It's processing, that, deep process, processing. Take that 10-second, 10, 10 breaths Yes. after someone says something and be yeah. like, oh. and then, you know, ask questions to clarify. Like, when you said this, did you – is this what you meant? Because I'm kind of – Instead of like, ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. fuck yeah. you, Reaction. I'm gonna punch you in the freaking nuts, yeah. you, you, you know, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I think that goes to the responsibility. It, it, it does. You know, it, it, and, seeing it fully through with as a healing, healthy approach to resolution that betters you and the the larger ecosystem mm-hmm. around you, so that you're not just a you know, a, a bundle of nerves and, you know, conditioning no longer. And you're, you've taken control of yourself right. and the as a responsible world, I mean, person. This whole pandemic thing really isolated people more. I, I think it seriously yes. like ramped up yes. the neurotic aspects of life, the alienation. Um, so any yeah. kind of trauma or issue you have i think people have become it's become magnified don't you think that that happens in isolation i absolutely think that when we get isolated and there's no longer noise Mm -hmm. noise coming in and i can just i i no longer can be a human doing i have to Mm -hmm. sit with myself in apartment or whatever and be a human being and it's like holy crap I then for the first time I realized I don't know how to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And well, then, you're alone yeah. with your thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And right. you're planning these thoughts, right? But you don't know if the, and 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 they're weeds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you got all these terrible thoughts running through your head, and it's not getting better, and you have no one to like check you. Like we checked each other, you know. I sure, uh, you know, like ah, come on. Calling bullshit. We used to say that all the time back in the days. I'm calling bullshit. Yep. <laughs> hand know, up. Hand be, up. And it used to be high in the like, air on yeah, you, yeah. buddy. It used to be kind of <laughs> like drinking game more. It was like, like a. This one time, I'm like, yeah, calling bullshit. Like, yeah, but, yeah, it was like a that, foul. Foul. Yeah. We got a whistle. Now that yeah. now that you don't sit at a bar and drink, you know, I call bullshit on things, and it's basically like, you know, yeah. I called bullshit on you when you didn't see yourself for what you were, and you were listening to other people. Right. Or myself, my own head. Yeah, listening to your own head. My own narrative. Right. So that that narrative 
becomes amplified. And if you've been isolated for three years and you're living in your mom's basement right. and you don't have a job and you haven't changed your pajamas for like three weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something's know? up. So all the, you know, so yeah. And I'm trying to, this, this you know, we can get any of us in the world get this way. Pandemic. Yeah. That, that, that's a big, you know, uh, um, a real hyper exaggeration. Yeah. It seems like it, but it's not because it really, really happened mm-hmm. to millions of people around the globe. Billions of people caught them off guard mm-hmm. of how ill-equipped. And we knew this was going to be the case right out of the bat mm-hmm. that uh, in, a, in a, any spiritual circle, man, everybody knew that it was going to catch this world off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, but, uh, but, we, we we can do this after. it doesn't have to be something severe a deep deep trauma it, you know capital t trauma even even a little trauma mm-hmm. we can just come to a point where we we find ourselves you know at a loss it could be a divorce it could be a big one is a loss of a job because mm-hmm. most of the time it's not just a job that was my whole identity and mm-hmm. act behind the title of that so now what am I going to do? Who am I? It's identity crisis. And, you know, it, it's, yeah. So that I see the, I see this a lot. I see this a lot and it's not knowing how to, to imagine further. The first thing I think that goes in addiction anyway is curiosity mm. that's gone there ain't no need for your curiosity because we're running on fear here babe <laughs> and i'm i'm running on sheer sheer moment to moment am i gonna get something to drink or not or use or whatever mm-hmm. and there's really no need for imagination so when we come back out of this these are the prerequisite these things are are these have got to be reestablished first anything that can get us back to a place of imagining and curiosity and that i think is the component that as you mentioned earlier right out of the gate was service Mm. because it no longer you're not really you're getting overtaken by something else and it's not your gut brain it's not your head brain it's your heart and when that flips over and does backflips, like, wow, why am I getting all, you know, f- feeling really good about doing this for other people? That engages the heart. And that brain sends more signals to the brain than the brain has to send to the heart. Fact. So it is a bigger in that, in that capacity. But then what you're doing is it's engaging curiosity back in awe and wonder and you gotta have those and right out of the gate of my sobriety to continue on there i had a sponsor that that i met along the way and he he in a program and he first thing right out told me to go get your ass in gear and do something for somebody else Mm -hmm. you're not going to make money i don't care what it is but i don't want to hear the exploits about it i just want you to do it Mm -hmm. and uh that's kind of how I actually ended up in this, in this field that I'm in of, you know, recovery work, self-help work, not, not so much self-help, but, but just, um, mental health, um, 
this has been my journey so far and I haven't because I can't imagine another one now so he got me on that but it was that that component of it mm-hmm. to engage re-engage the the awe the curiosity mm-hmm. the mystery that I never wanted to engage and none of us want to engage in that mm-hmm. mystery's gone yep. don't give me the unknown boy I'm gonna flip out if I did you know so all right so I want to interrupt so the other day chris and i watched a thing on from 92ny.org called living well with stress trauma embracing uh, connection love purpose it was uh gabar mate and a couple other people and we're not going to discuss that but what i am going to discuss is the entire time someone's dog kept barking in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Alan. I was just like, Alan. I was just like, all right, it's not just us. Yep. So, you know, here there were three world, world-renowned trauma <laughs> yeah. experts, and one of their dogs was like doing what Peanut's doing. So, right. Um, so I thought that was good. Anyhow, if anyone has the chance to watch that, it was uh, very good. Very and good. And it's available, I think, on YouTube. It was live at the time, so um. yeah, that was a really, really good program. Mm-hmm. Um, but there again, too, uh, you, I think you're the one that actually got me into Gaber Mate and Dr. Joe Dispenza and all of these these clinical psychologists that that just opens our door. I mean, it it makes you think. I, it's not, and I would really, really. Um, watch carefully that sort of uh, the really woo-hoo-y stuff that we call woo-hoo-y yeah, yeah. and uh, the way that I differentiate those things is when it doesn't when it's too good to be true it probably is yeah, yeah. and it's it doesn't require responsibility and as you mentioned the, the peeling of the onion which when you mess with an onion, there's a lot of tears here, folks. Sure is. So yeah. the more you peel back, the more you're going to get some tears in the kitchen. So if you don't have that, then I would question it very, very carefully and as, as being a little too good. But, yeah, I needed all of that, at, and it really kind of came simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And that has been my journey ever since, man. Yeah. And it still is in my maintenance, and it's incredibly important. So, so speak, speaking of maintenance, I do, I do kind of want to circle back around. We had, we, we gave a little bit of solution in our, our stories about ourselves, but a, a lot of it was just kind of like a background into like who we are. And I wanted to kind of circle, we, we have research, uh, received feedback about more solution, you know, about like what we're actually doing. Um, or, or, you know, what, you know, what, what's the, what's the solution? And so I wanted to kind of circle back around to, um, now, now that we've finished our stories, what, what does our maintenance look like? Like, what is our, what is our current solution? Like what is working for us? What hasn't worked within our programs? Well, for me, uh, you know, it's different things are helped in different ways. So like tapping, like if I feel anxious, I'll do tapping. Especially I'll get in the sauna and tap. And, and can uh, you explain what tapping? Yeah, is, is that like EMDR? Or what sort are we talking of, yeah. about? Yeah. So basically, you're tapping your meridians, and I don't know, you know, the science behind it so much, but I know it works, and there is science behind it. Like so, 
you know, you basically, uh, you know, I'll start on the palm and just tap and be like, um, it looks like the uh, side uh, of your palm, right on the mm-hmm. side. And I'm like, this, this anxiousness is not me. It's just, I'm having a stressful day. Right. So then you go to the top of your head and you tap and you repeat the same thing and you go above your eye then to the side of your eye, below your eye, below your nose, below your lips, above your chin, and then kind of on your clavicle, kind of where, uh, Mm-hmm. And then the final one is on the underside of your arm. So you just cycle mm-hmm. through with the, kind of say the same thing over, like whatever's bothering me, this is not, you know, whatever. This is not or me. This, yeah, you know, whatever you want to kind of no. work through. And, you know, I, I'll do it. I usually do it until my hands or arms are too tired <laughs> to do it anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So, um, so that's one thing that helps for me with my eating addiction. And I learned this a couple years ago. Um, since I'm a stress eater, that one of the best things I've done is if I have that urge to go in stress eat or I just want to have like a cookie or something, which I don't generally do, you know, since I don't eat carbs, um, is I write it down, right? So your lizard brain's like, give me cookie, me one cookie, <laughs> cookie, cookie, right? And you're like, yeah, cookie yeah. sounds great. Oh, yeah, candy bar sounds great. So, but then I write it down like, I want a candy bar, right? So that's that little lizard brain. And then, you know, your your prefrontal cortex kicks in and is like, you don't need that. So mm-hmm. like the grown up in your head is like, you don't need that. You don't need to eat that. Why do you want that? And the and act it, of writing it down does what for the you? The act of writing it down kicks me out of whatever, the amygdala or whatever, the little lizard okay. brain okay. into the prefrontal cortex. So I go from being driven by impulse to being driven by r- ration cognitive thinking i like that right. yeah i like so, that so i'll write it down and it would work with anything i would think like if you said i want to have a drink or i want to do some drugs like yeah lizard brain like let's get high let's do it <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah. but yeah. then you're, you're like i want to get high and then you're like look at this piece of paper like why do you want to get high what's going on you know so basically it's just a way for me to shift from, you know, my little monkey brain that's running around to my su- supposedly superior intelligence, <laughs> you know. Um, You're moving it from one hemisphere uh, hemisphere of your brain to the other. Yeah, basically, you know, from the center to the front or whatever, yep. you know. So, Mid-brain so that, thinking. that works. That is a good thing for me to deal with cravings and addiction. Um, the breath work is definitely good and then the other component is just doing mindfulness yeah and being aware like you know i think once you're aware that something's happening it's pretty easy to get to the root or at least opens that gateway i don't know if it's easy to because there's times you know i get those really dark thoughts and i'm like all right why is this happening and you get to it and you're like okay yeah okay I get it. Fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, which yeah. is not necessarily, and then it's not that way all the time, but there's times, you know, so I'd say those are the facets to me and exercising, especially when I first started working on this path, you know, I mean, I got up every morning and came down to the basement at five in the morning, worked out for two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, or I would get up when the sun came up and go mountain biking. You know, I try to, as dawn was breaking, I would try to, 
be on the trail, and then by the time the sun broke the horizon, I'd be at the highest point point at this one trail, and I'd just watch the sun come up, and then that's you badass. Know, it was well, fun. summer's mm-hmm. coming. Yeah, I know, but I did that even in the winter. You know, I mean, like that's I nuts. Go, yeah, so. Um, but Brave, I've braver been, man than I. Yeah, no and in shorts, like <laughs> this uh, this the Irish guy that uh, um, you know told me about sadness has come over me or whatever. He was talking about how cold it was in Ireland and this, and it was time to stop riding bikes. It's like fifty degrees. No, oh. so I sent him a picture of me on the same trail, and it was snowing. It was three degrees, and I'm in short bike shorts, <laughs> bare legs. And I'm like, hey, dude, it's, yeah. it's three degrees. What a savage. You know, so, yeah. um, so nice. you know, and, and uh, you know, I think the cold therapy is good. Cold you know? therapy So that, great. to me, was my kind of cold therapy. Um, yeah. And, you know, sauna helps. Like, and the, the diet helped, you know, getting off of processed food. I mean, that's huge for us. Like, we stopped eating. Like our grocery store is all only refrigerated stuff. Like that middle of section don't get anything. I get, you know, half a steer a year from a farmer I know. Right. How he raises the cattle and and what he gives them and they're high mountain, grass fed, no antibiotics, just cows the way that you know our ancestors would yeah. kill a cow and eat it. Mm-hmm. So, so I think you know for me there was this the Mark Sisson Primal Blueprint book was the first one I read and then I went deeper in and. Uh, there's a lady named Kate Shanahan who wrote a book called Deep Nutrition, which is really good. I'd recommend anyone to read it because it, she really goes into eating the way we were designed to eat, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that facet was huge. Like, yeah. it's pretty hard to have a clear head if you're eating a bunch of processed crap. That's true. You know, like, you could almost do a whole podcast. You, not me, yeah. could do a whole podcast on healthy eating. Oh, we're going to. Right. Oh, are we? Yeah. Oh, we're oh, okay, cool. Oh, that's, one will, good, that's one of the psychoeducational will, stuff we're going to get good into. Good deal yeah. because, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. it's huge. I mean, mm-hmm. diet what? is huge. And it's yes. and sleep. Yes. Sleep hygiene was huge. Mm-hmm. Like, we went from having, like, you know, translucent blinds to blackout curtains to blackout blinds. And the room stays super cold, cool, because I've I've had issues sleeping my whole life. So now I sleep like last night. My little aura, another unpaid advertisement. <laughs> my aura rank showed me that uh, I had a really high sleep score. My readiness was really good today. And I'm like, and Phoebe said that, you know, one of the dogs went out. Peanut, the barker, went out in the middle of the night. Was going crazy. Didn't hear it. Usually I'm like <laughs> up and out and like Ooh. get her in the house. <laughs> Slept right through it. So sleep hygiene, I mean, that sleep is super important for mental health. If you're not mm-hmm. getting good sleep, you're not going to be able to fix your problems you know, yeah. and your weight. I mean, so, you know, it's it's so multifaceted. Yeah, yeah, and that rest component. Yeah, but the whole thing, like you, the body part, you know, because it's more, more – it's like – it's subset. So you've got the base of the pyramid, which is your body, but you got to look at nutrition – you got to look at sleep. Are you hydrating well? Most people are. Hydrating. You know, supplements. Like most people are deficient in magnesium. So, you know, I take, you know, and then yes. most people are deficient in vitamin D, but you can't take vitamin D alone. You got to take it with K. And then you can't take, you got to do that in the morning because it kind of wakes you up and then do your magnesium at night because if you don't balance them, so you know, so you, there's. there's you, you've just been on a year's worth of just nutrition. Right, and, and all that's of like it, super, just... super passionate about. Like when I stopped yes. making beer, 
I really wanted to go and get some kind of certification to become a, you know, like a health coach and help people who are obese lose weight. I mean, I'm not like, yeah. you know, I'm not going to go compete in Mr. Universe any day soon. But No, but I, I, what's, what I've always loved about you is you're, so, you're sort of like an encyclopedia if anybody remembers those things, but any sort <laughs> yes, of information source, I would always come to Alan, always coming to you asking you, Hey, have you heard of this, this, or this? Oh, well, of course I do this and this all the time. <laughs> yeah, I got it. And text. it's like, a, you know, if it's just crossed my, the periphery of my radar, Alan, I'm pretty sure he's already <laughs> yeah, been yeah, doing Phoebe, it for Phoebe, years. Uh, Phoebe so, years ago said she had a coworker who would come up to her and be like, did you hear that? She's like, yeah, we've been doing that for like two years. Yeah. 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 So, um, but I super got into biohacking, you know, which years ago. And I was like, well, this is pretty cool. Like we can do things and change our DNA and we can do things yes. to make us live longer and healthier. That goes on. Yeah. Right. with this yeah so part it's, of, uh, so the the base of the pyramid has like a million bricks in it right? right and if you got a few that you're neglecting like i gotta have my mcdonald's you know <laughs> no you don't if you go get everything just get the burger patties and some mustard the rest of it's killing you yeah. so and, and like even probably five years before I started losing weight. My stepdad gave me a book called Wheat Belly. And it was talking about oh, yeah. how bad wheat is for you and how it tears up your intestines and makes Ooh. you fat. Bummer. And oh, boy. causes, uh, you know, it eats little holes in your brain. Oh, my like, Lord. Yeah, I read Wheat oh, Belly. Oh, good. good no, Lord. that was actually, that was Grain Brain because I read that one right okay. after Wheat Belly. And I was like, that's when I gave up wheat. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not eating this stuff anymore. Whew. Yeah, and, uh, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, so it's this kind of winding path to wholeness. But man, but it's been a constant. Sounds like it's been just a constant search of knowledge for you. Just always, always reaching out. Yeah, to I've learn. always, but I've always been that way since I was. A you kid, are kind I was of an always investigator. a researcher. I mean, my degrees are both in history and they're you know research oriented. So well, I look forward to a, a an episode where we do we talk. A, almost exclusively about that right yeah. stuff right oh. there yeah about sleep about you know you talked about the mood ring the, uh, the mood ring yeah the aura, <laughs> aura ring but man somebody the other day at work was showing me a watch i mean there's you know so many incredible watches that do yeah, that well even though the apple watch is the tracking apple? sleep and yeah. they're going to start tracking oh, yeah. your blood you can start the next generation i think will do blood sugar tracking mm. you know so, We're gonna have so much information cool. at our yeah man, this and is then, just totally you know weird. the weird thing is that you got to use it right mm -hmm. like and stay and, committed and, to right. it right and that's the hard part right you know and i fall off like I had French fries the other night, and they weren't like I do homemade ones. I fry in tallow; they're fine. These were like frozen ones from the store, made with crap seed oils. Oh, they're and lovely, like, aren't they? They taste. Oh, they, they were like checkers so or Arby's. Oh, they're so good. And I'm like, ah, yeah. you know what? I'm just gonna do this. So, yeah. you know, it, but you know, and people call those cheat days if you if you have a lifestyle like not a diet. I call them treat days because I don't think it's, you know. There's a negative cheating. connotation yeah, with so cheating. Like, yeah. Well, 
Yeah, maybe it's not cheating. It's, it's I'm treating. just giving myself a treat because it's I've a been, treat day. Yeah, I've been good and I deserve it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Why, because you can yeah. build in guilt into that if you start. If yeah, you start definitely. Saying it's a cheat yeah. day. You you can feel guilty about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it immediately makes you feel guilty, and then yeah. when you're eating it, you're lo- losing some of the pleasure because you're like, I shouldn't be doing this. But if if I look at it like it's a treat, like yeah, well, I've been real good. I've been riding my bike. Mm-hmm. I generally. 80% of the time, eat super clean, uh, I'm going to be fine. With right. This. right. So, yeah, it's almost as if the the response that you could inadvertently get is worse than the shit you're eating. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100% I of mean, the time. You, you, we can trigger our emotional system, far, and that's far worse of, a, right. of an outcome if yeah. it's not guarded and protected and watched then that's going to have far more worse implications and its impact than just some fries that you're eating. Yeah, because yeah. because you gotta watch an, an order of fries place. isn't going to make or break you. No, realistically, yeah. no. But, but it's the my thoughts, shame tells me it will. It's the thoughts. The thoughts have gone unchecked. Right. That that's going to yeah. be the big the big ticket. Yeah, and then the key really is to to limit it. Right. So because yeah. yeah. sometimes the the nose of a camel in the tent kind of thing, you like. Fuck it, you know. I'm good. <laughs> and next thing you know, oh, yeah. I'm at the drive-through. I'd like a Big Mac, exactly. a quarter yeah. pounder, yeah, it's midnight, super-sized fries, ice cream all over you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. You and see, that's okay too. And, though. And, and that and that goes to a part of the mind part, which is discipline. Like the discipline. You know, I was super when I after I started losing weight, I was super. All I talked about was discipline. This discipline mm-hmm. that. You know, and I wear my Jocko discipline equals freedom shirt, and you know, so I love it. Yeah, you know, I love it. You know, Old so, Jocko. Um, yeah. So yeah. Anyhow, let's not talk just about me, gentlemen. No, what do you? Good. What do you guys do? Yeah, to Crow. What is your? What is your? Uh, what does your program look like? Like, what is your maintenance? You know, um, it's service. And, and so explain that. I just try to not that I'm casting out. But I think it's I've I've sort of uh, I think made a a life of not worrying about my I don't want to make small of this by any stretch here, folks. What I'm what I'm get, alluding to I think is that I don't have any more bigger problems than the next person. But I, it's not about me. Is kind of my mantra. If I had a t-shirt, you know, a shirt made, that would be my mantra. It's not about me. So there's always more I can give, you know, Um, and I can help somebody. Somebody's always going to be way worse off than me. They're going to know less than what I know through my experiences and how I've gotten through them and what I've learned. There's always somebody that needs help and, uh, and has far less than all of us do. So yeah, that is that that keeps everything in perspective for me. It keeps me grateful. It keeps me motivated to continue moving forward in a in a grateful uh, state of of um, of work. There's just always work to do. And it's not about me, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so that's an enormous part for me. That's one big, huge part for me. 
as far as my body, it's breath work. And uh, Alan finally got to me. He finally broke me down. <laughs> he said, it, he on a couple of occasions, and I'll share with you, man, it was years ago that he kept saying, you're just such a wuss. you got to get into them cold showers, freezing cold showers. I said, no, you're crazy. There's no way I'm going to take that, that sort of thing up. Started doing it. I remember when you started doing it. Oh, my God. One, one of our coworkers was talking to you about it. And you started yes. doing it. And you came in and at work the next day, and you were like, holy shit. That, that, <laughs> that, that's, yeah, I came in back then, and I said, that really sucked. Um, and that's horrible and blah, blah, blah. Well, then after a while, the scary part is, is that becomes addictive. Mm -hmm. That just is like, that becomes, you know, it's weird if hot water would hit my skin. It was nauseating. Uh, it was almost <laughs> nauseating. Yes. <laughs> if, if it did. And you know, it's just on so many levels, you can look it up and look up the whole Wim Hof piece. And he really got me into that. Alan did and, and got me into the breath work, the deep, deep breath work course my community is also really into that because it's very again any spiritual attainment that you want to hit on a higher level be it indo-tibetan or any other mystical path you want to go on a spiritual you know yoga you anything buddhist it's it's all about the body it's all about coming into that and it's a discipline it's not just sit and try to meditate you know it's a whole body discipline and it's it's an entire piece but i try to keep all of that at the fore um and just knowledge man i'm just curious all the time i'll try really try because i really here's my my weakness i really want to sit and watch a movie you know something really dumb i just can't do it hmm. i just bums me out you know i really would like to but i just i start to watch a movie maybe you know halfway through and i'll get bored and i just have to look up a documentary of some kind yeah something it has to feed my head yeah and if it doesn't feed my head my soul my my heart then i just don't i don't know man i'm losing interest in stuff that doesn't feed my journey so I think I'm a, just like Alan and I'm sure just like you and like so many others in this maintenance phase where that's a big perspective shift in who we were. And yeah, man, it's, it's all about changing. It, and I love, now I love change. I love change. I love, I really, to a large degree, love and I welcome change because the same old shit is just boring to me. And, uh, and that's good on so many, so many fronts. The one thing that, that, uh, there was something you said earlier, Alan, I'll come back to it at some point, but, but I have to really be watchful, <laughs> very watchful, you know, and it's not about drinking anymore. What can really be my bugaboo is, uh, is my attitude and my attachment to maybe something somebody said or another fellow employee and then I and then I hold on to it as if it really is important without processing it and if I don't sit down and have the discipline to process through it it will sneak down somewhere in my body and just erupt into the into this 
other thing that pisses me off and I'll walk around with it and it'll it'll be, be become the biggest resentment that goes unchecked. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really diligent in my maintenance about checking every single thought like that. So what, heightened what, sense of watchfulness. What's the difference between watchfulness and mindfulness? Uh, I don't know. I think that's a matter of semantics and the way that one could see it and differentiate those. Mindfulness mm-hmm. might be in a path of of just openness mm-hmm. and totally open and letting go-ness mm-hmm. and the letting go. Um, um, watchfulness to me is perhaps when I, when I use that term, I mean being awake, mm. being aware mm. that it even happened in the first place that I have to deal with it. Yeah. 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 Because otherwise I can go into mindfulness and the state of letting go-ness and, uh, I'm spinning in the thought yeah, I think without being aware. And I'm bowled over at some points. It's just like taking me over and it becomes something visceral at that point. Mm-hmm. And I have to watch that it doesn't become intrinsically somewhere else. And that I'm moving it around. Now I'm not just moving it around here in the body, mind, heart, soul, but I'm doing something with it. Mm-hmm. It's a lesson of some kind. What is it here to teach me? Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's a it's staying on top of that. But a lot of times, man, the world does not want us there. Mm-hmm. And most of us have grown up in this instant gratification world of of becoming human doings. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to even sit with a thought and and process it through. That doesn't mean screaming at your partner in the kitchen when you come home from work because you had a bad day. Mm -hmm. That's bullshit. That's not what I'm talking about. That's unhealthy. What I am talking about is sitting with yourself. Mm -hmm. And that is 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 a discipline to sit with yourself and be aware of yourself Mm -hmm. with no judgment. That's that's another level. That's a whole other level. That you know if somebody in early recovery isn't quite there of the awareness without judgment that's okay just let's start step one being aware of it and calling it for what it is so that it doesn't just you know worst case scenario things that go unchecked unaware is the extreme opposite of that by that what i mean is that um, all of a sudden your lungs can start spasming out and you're having an anxiety attack so that means you know at at some point the body is just taking control of you so i mean that's the extreme of course and there's a lot more you know neuroscience around that i'm not saying this flippantly to uh, panic attacks but but i am saying that's the extreme example of what i'm saying Mm mm-hmm so we need to be watchful and know thyself. Know thyself. Be, become your best hobby. Become your best interest. You know? And uh, that's another thing. And here's the other thing going back to what you had said earlier mm-hmm. about is it selfish that I'm closing this or that out? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. There's something really important that I never learned until I sobered up. In fact, I'm going to go further and say this is something I didn't learn except for about two or three years ago into my sobriety. And I'm coming on seven years, but I didn't learn this, really, really get this 
for about two or three years ago. And that was being, not being selfish, but knowing when to guard my energy. Mm-hmm. Boundaries. Ve- oh, boundaries. Yep. <laughs> being very, very guarded with my energy. And along with that, so that I don't just turn into a recluse or a hermit, there's a difference between being a monk and being a hermit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, any monk knows how to use that time as a, in, as a disciplined form of shutting out that that is unnecessary and that that is pointless mm-hmm. and closing down and going within to do the great work. Mm-hmm. That's very, very important. And a lot of people do not understand that, and the world just whips them around by their tail. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my bag. All right, Kyle. How about you? Oh, my my maintenance prog process right now. I would say the biggest thing for me is going to be my sleep hygiene. So my sleep hygiene, and for those who don't know what that is, sleep hygiene is basically just your sleep routine, and like the the ways that we can um, set up a, a sleep schedule or something and the ways, you know, the things that we do before sleep so that we can get better sleep. And, you know, I, I had read a read a long time ago that there it's, it's detrimental for your health to have any type of artificial light between the hours of like 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. or something like that. No, I think it's much earlier. Than Is that. it much earlier yeah. than that? But. Well, I whatever whatever the actual time is it's I I've built my my schedule around that where I do shut off electronics and dim the lights and do everything that I have to do before the hours of 11 you know before 11 p.m. because I used to stay up till you know one two three o'clock in the morning most nights and then I'd wake up just feeling like a pile of garbage <laughs> and I couldn't figure out why and um <laughs> So I'm very, very disciplined is, is one of the things that I'm very disciplined with my sleep schedule. Like my, my fiance will tell you, she'll look at the clock and she'll know exactly when I'm going to go to bed every single night. And, um, the other thing that I do is I'm very disciplined with my workouts. So my, um, yeah, I mean, I, I lift weights and I, I run quite a bit and what what that really does for me and, and I try to do that right as soon like as soon as I get up in the morning um, I intermittent fast when when I go to the gym and what that really does is that it wakes me up for one thing uh, directly in the morning um, I get that nice little you know the endorphin release in the morning it's for me personally, it increases my testosterone in the morning, and uh, by doing that, in turn, kind of lowers my cortisol, and so that's that's how I can kind of regulate a lot of like um, anxiety and stuff like that throughout the day, and it also helps me with my sleep too, and so that's a that's a super important thing for me to do, and I'm su- I'm very very disciplined about working out. Don't want to do it every day. Don't do it every day. You know, sometimes I just don't don't feel like it and that's that's okay but i'm i'm fairly consistent and the other thing that i do in my morning routine is i try to get some protein 
in me and my body in the morning. Um, I uh, oh the other thing that I miss there is when I wake up I do drink uh, about 24 to 30 ounces of water as soon as I wake up and I talked crow about this a while ago and you did and I still do it yeah kind of kind of starts your uh, starts your organs kind of going in the right direction in the morning it kind of it rehydrates your body because we sweat while we're sleeping um, minuscule amounts but kind of rehydrates your body and um, I kind of go through my my gratitudes you know in that in that same kind of time frame try to get some food in me um i do my i I, on my way to the gym every single morning um i say my prayers along with my gratitudes and i do that that practice of my of watchfulness which is where i after i do all my prayers and everything in the morning i I have an issue with like disassociation <laughs> where if I, I will, I will have an issue or for a long time where I'll have like a problem going on in my life and I won't address it for several months until it just explodes. Oh. And so I've over the last like couple of years, I've really started to practice like that watchfulness yep. and checking in with myself to just like truly see like, um, and I actually got a lot of this from Crow. Um, you know, you're talking about, go, you know, driving to work in the morning and checking in. You're like, oh, I don't have any aches and pains this morning. And, you know, I kind of just kind of check in to see, like, does anything in my body hurts? And then I kind of move up into my mind and I'm like, is there anything bothering me today? Like, is there anything like am I dealing with any type of resentments or am I dealing with, you know, am I, am I triggered by something or, you know, just do like an honest check in with where i'm at um kind of a grounding yeah kind of a grounding and i can and i and it kind of just like it really lets me know because i because when if i get into that that place of like i'm not paying attention to where i'm at mentally and i kind of like detach or disassociate from where i'm actually at it's going to come out on the people in my life (laughs) and and so i need to like really pay attention to like and just be honest with myself like if if i'm in a shitty mood i can just be like yeah i'm in a shitty mood now let's go to the gym and let's see if we can do something (laughs) about it like this you know um and uh i i meditate every day um i listen to binaural beats and i i practice a lot of mindfulness in my meditations um i have this grounding pad that alan gave me that i've been using every single day just to kind of ground myself in the morning um the other stuff that i really work on is i i do go to therapy i've i go to therapy a lot i've been just going for many many years and it's just kind of part of my routine now and the the type of therapy that i go to is i go to neural feedback training and neural feedback training is it's a little say i don't know all the science behind it but it's, it's a lot like uh neuroplasticity it's kind of just like training our brain to act in certain ways and what that actually does for me is it allows me to separate from myself. It allows me to separate from any like traumas that I have or any, um, you know, any type of distortion that I have in my head. And it allows me to like separate from that and then, and then to look at things more objectively. So it kind of, 
it almost like allows me to a certain aspect to be a little bit more stoic because yeah it really just allows me to be able to analytically like break down problems from like an objective point of view and that helps me really regulate my emotions um it 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 helps me it has definitely helped me overcome all the traumas that i have worked through and um and i do talk to my therapist um i do talk to her and kind of bounce ideas and you know fears and all that kind of stuff and i and that's one of the things that's so important for me because as soon as i stop i i feel i feel like that's part of like it's such an important part of my maintenance progress my uh process that if i stop doing that I truly start kind of slipping back into like old mentalities and I can start getting really cynical. I can't, I, I become agitated more. I, you know, I start thinking with my amygdala pretty, uh, pretty often. And I, you know, and so that, that definitely helps me quite a bit. And one of the other things, one of the biggest things that has helped me through this process is something that I have to do. And this kind of goes into the washableness but I had a I had a therapist um, like a like a true talk therapist uh, like a, a couple years ago, and I was I was kind of watching him, his ability to be able to like psychoanalyze and to be able to kind of piece apart my psyche and figure out all that kind of stuff. And I asked him, I'm like, how are you doing that? <laughs> you know, like how does that process work? Because I was genuinely curious as to how to psychoanalyze myself and to you know we had talked about this a while ago we we were talking about digging crow Mm -hmm. you know and we were talking about and when i say digging i mean the ability to be able to uncover our own bullshit and our mind and to be able to ask the question why and for me personally especially as like a trauma a trauma survivor there is a great deal of fear and anxiety that comes up around that whole process and i wanted to understand how do i keep digging into like the core of this to get to the root of it and then kind of address it and fix it and so i'm i have this habit of almost psychoanalyzing myself when i have an issue and really just asking curious questions as to you know like i'll be driving down the road and i'm like i'm anxious right now and then i have to ask myself well why are you anxious you know why are you anxious and what's coming up for you where are you feeling that in your body right now like i'm, I'm almost kind of treat myself like a therapy patient <laughs> because it's and but but by doing that i'm and i do that like consistently and i have to and that's why i check in with myself in the morning because if i have that issue in the morning i have the rest of the day to be able to piece together like oh my fiance and I you know my fiance and I got in a fight last night and I felt triggered and inadequate and all this other kind of stuff but I like to uncover the truth about like why I feel the way that I do because it's in in that for me personally it could be a control thing you know which you know which is fine but I think that I I don't like um I don't know. I don't like it when my emotions run the show, if that makes any sense. And I don't know. Total, if that, I don't know if that's sense. an unhealthy reaction or if it, if it's healthy or not. But I think that like as soon as that amygdala kicks in, the fear kicks in. That's when I start burning bridges. That's when I start 
flipping people off in traffic. That's when I start like putting expectations on everyone and I start getting too attached to my emotions, my and all this kind of shit and I just kind of spiral. But if I can like ask myself those important, those curious questions of like, why am I feeling the way that I do? And that usually goes down five or six levels before I'm like, oh, I'm afraid right now. And that typically comes down to like, I'm afraid of not being good enough or I'm afraid of, you know, that's it's usually it's because I, I feel like I'm inadequate. But I think that it's important for me to be able to and, you know, and I, I am a very um, I'm an auditory learner. And so I process a lot of my thoughts out loud. So I talk to myself, which is completely fine. Oh, yeah. Because that's, that's how great. like because it like almost allows me to process the information that I'm thinking twice. Right. And so I, I kind of like have these these sessions where I kind of sit down and I kind of like walk myself through, um, you know, just like truly checking in with myself in like a um, curious and compassionate way. And that 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 really helps me be able to like, you know, if I if I did something wrong, you know, if I hurt someone's feelings, I'm able to like take an honest look and in kind of like a self inventory. And I'm able to be like, oh, well, like I, I was wrong there and I fucked up and then I'm able to communicate and be able to go, you know, make amends to people. And it's, you know, that's it's just I think one of the things I just try to be as honest with myself as I possibly can. And I try to really hold myself accountable. And the other thing that's really important, we've talked about this before, is like having some type of support network. And like you two are definitely in that network mm -hmm. and that's, and that's, and yep. that bullshit, you know, I call bullshit thing is one of the most important things that like my fiance calls me on it sometimes, you know, Alex calls me on it. Um, I have a buddy in Arizona who calls me on it. Like I have to have, because I'm a really good bullshitter and not just to other people, but to myself. Yes. And so I have to have people in my life you know that can be like hey like you're fucking up right now <laughs> because and like and not and not just not just to be like an asshole about it but just like i need i need some form of accountability or i will let myself get away with murder <laughs> i really will you sound like an <laughs> like, addict yeah like <laughs> i know <laughs> fucking crazy but i but i seriously like i need i need that in my life um and then um, I really I try to really focus on self-care, especially when I am if I'm dealing with something really heavy in therapy. Um, I do. I do kind of have a bad habit of being that uh, that hermit. Sometimes <laughs> yep. I do sometimes. And I, yep. I just had a talk with Alex last week about this because he used to live with me. And I have this this bad habit where I'll go into the cave you know, going back to kind of like the <laughs> yep. the Joseph Campbell story, I, I go into this cave and I'll stare, I'll stay in there by myself, killing everything in that cave for <laughs> for weeks without seeing the sunlight, without letting anyone know that I'm doing okay. Yeah. Like I kind of get into this, like I become a recluse, dealing with like my demons, yes. and I I I almost to a certain extent, some and this is something that I'm working on. I'm not perfect, but it's something that. It, like I sometimes I I'm getting better at it, but in the past I tend to like almost neglect the other people in my life because I'm so intent on like killing my dragon and going um, it alone, go, going it alone. Um, and but it's but now that I'm like I'm in a um, I'm engaged now, I'm starting to learn that like that we is more valuable than I. 
Yep. And so, but that's, but I, but I do, um, I do jump in that arena quite often. And I have, you know, there's like a few times a year I'll jump into that arena because since I've been sober, there's been all kinds of insecurities and resentments and traumas and uh, faulty thought process, you know, stuff that I have. Um, I mean, there's been all kinds of bullshit that have come up about like things that I wasn't addressing when I was getting high that um, I just kind of want to get them done, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, but so, get over you know, I just want to be done with this bullshit. And then I, but, uh, but I realized about a year ago that like, Oh, it just doesn't end, you know, it just doesn't end. But I, but there are some things that like, that I feel like I'm almost obligated, um, to change so that I don't, I don't fuck up my relationships with other people. Cause that's something that I'm, I'm notorious for doing. And if I'm going to get married, I can't be like, you know, if my abandonment trauma can't be kicking up in the middle of it. I can't just like run out and ghost her. Like, it's just not an option anymore. So there's some right. things that like, you know, I, I go in and, and I fight the good fight. Um, but I do, but I do really focus on my self care quite a bit. Um, you know, I haven't, I used to be getting massages and stuff all the time, just doing stuff, just trying to be as kind to myself as I possibly could. Um, which I, you know, which I definitely need a massage, you know, I haven't got one of those in a while, but I try to spend time in nature when I can. That's why this, this last week I was out in, uh, in Washington and we spent a lot of time in nature. It's still cold out there, but everything's green. And we went and saw an owl and did all kinds of cool shit in the woods. I mean, it was, you know, nice. I just, I just like spending time in nature and spend time by water. Um, I try to be super mindful about what I put in my body um, food wise. And, uh, that's the other thing that I think that keeps me, um, mentally strong is that I just don't, I don't eat a lot of processed bullshit and I just haven't for a long time. I don't need any sugar or any of those kind of things. So I really, you know, I try to be kind to my body that way and try to give my, my body fuel as opposed to just um shit <laughs> we've Which been kind of jealous know. of you on that one it's too. hard man it's it's like it's you, a hard you taught thing. me about <laughs> avocados when we used to oh, work together the super too, and the, food, man. the value of the superfood yeah. there and mm -hmm. yeah yeah man yeah. Well, it's one of the greatest things avocado i just love it oh it's what it's one of my favorites like but, guacamole i could just eat it like oh you go, i could eat pounds like 200 <laughs> times the amount of potassium than a banana yeah, it's actually. I think it's. It. It actually. I think is one of the the healthiest fruits out there. I think it's a fruit. Is it avocado? Yeah, it's fruit? a fruit. It's a fruit. Yeah, I think it's wow. one of the healthiest fruits that you can. Because yeah, it, cause the rest it just, are all has, just candy for adults. Yeah, like oranges and apples. Yeah, it's, it's exactly candy, candy for adults. adults think, it's carb. Yeah, carb avocados yeah. got like it has all the vitamins and has fiber, you know, it's got some healthy fats in it. I mean, it's just, it's good for your soul <laughs> when we, yeah. when you don't eat it in excess, of course, but right. Anything in everything in moderation. Well, when we get to Alan's, uh, uh, show, uh, where he gives us a little school, yeah. I'm sure well, this well, one's going to come up with sea salt <laughs> and all the whole bit. Yeah. But you know what I heard in your story too, mm -hmm. which was awesome. I left out, unfortunately was nature. I got, I got to get the shoes off, man. I, Dude, today I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to go to the park and I'm going to get the shoes off again. Cause I got to ground, but yeah. what I heard in yours too, which is really, really cool, which is the, the components 
my top three components that if I had to put up a top three would be curiosity, imagination, mm-hmm. and uh, humility. Yeah. Humility. And I heard a lot of humility in both of you guys' uh, program that everything you're doing keeps you humble. Yeah. And I think it's the road that ke- sends us down the path of humility further. And and the humility to, to know when I need, uh, first I need help. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to the the beginning or the continue the continued search for always help. I mean, that started in our recovery. We learned that right out of the gate, right? Mm-hmm. But but it's a different kind of humility than now that says um, I can change my story mm. and I don't have to be the victim of my old narrative, right. and I can do this. And the humility that says um, that if there's a part of me that is waffling on that or that says, oh, that's a bunch of uh, hooey, you know, um, I can't I can't do that or I'll change. But only a little bit here and there. The rest of me is pretty fucking awesome. Well, that's the part that's going to get me in trouble. I've learned. It's, it's change. It's go. It's go and allow yourself, you know, to step into the yeah. awe and wonder of, wow, this is completely different about me. And I don't give two craps what anybody thinks of my new version of, my, of me because it is me. So there you have it. And if that loses a bunch of friends along the way or an old crowd or a job, uh, you know, I'll find one that, that is me or better yet for all you entrepreneurs out there and listening land i'll start my own with my own vision and go my own way uh i'm not quite that that entrepreneurial spirited kind of guy but a lot of people are and i think the world needs a lot more vision and uh and everybody's walking piece of art so if you're not doing that and completing that then you you got to go back and really dig in mm-hmm. but i like everything you have mm-hmm. i like what you well, both have yeah all right yeah it's that time of the day it is that time of the day where are some uh who wants to start first with some gratefuls there I don't care. Crow. I'll start with, I'll start, man. I know this sounds like a cheap shot right out of the gate, but um, I'll, I'll start with this, this topic right here because this strikes to a lot of what we always have coffee about right here. Mm-hmm. It's about change yourself, change your narrative, change, become, befriend change uh, and see it differently. And uh, that's, that's my, my biggest thing there that I'm grateful for is that, uh, even if it's wrong, <laughs> I'm doing something yeah. <laughs> changing. So, uh, I'm grateful for that change. Um, I'm grateful for, um, well, let's see, man. I'm, I'm grateful for my health. Oh man. I'm just feeling great these days. And yeah, gym work is in there. Mm-hmm. You know, the gym we hit and and um what a nice facility it is and that's just i just love that um makes me really inspired to go there and be around those people um i'm very very grateful for not only you guys but a lot of the contacts and 
relations that we get to meet along the way in this. And the gym being surprisingly, or not maybe not surprisingly, another place that we've met a number of people as well that hopefully will be on this uh, this show. And uh, they've got shows and they've got the same journey themselves. And I'm really dying to hear theirs. And, you know, just grateful for surrounding ourselves with people like this of like mind. Yeah. Alan, how about you? Hmm. Do you need a second? Do we need no, a pass I'm on good. you or no, what? We're good. I just got a process. So uh, I'm grateful that I actually watched the movie because we talked Ooh. about Oh, nice. What you watch? I, I set my phone down. Uh-huh. I didn't play my little word games or whatever. It was uh-huh. called Marcel, the shell with shoes on. Yeah. It was fucking great. Okay. Like, awesome. Cool. It was a really good movie i don't know if you've ever seen it Mm -mm. Mm -mm. so it's kind of animated and uh it was a really sweet story and it was uh you know kind of uh oh it made you just get a little teary-eyed a little bit so (laughs) no it was cool it was was good date night recommendation i mean i was still uh i was probably still laying on the floor and stretching but at least my eyes were on the television instead of on the phone um I'm grateful for uh, these days that are getting longer. Mm. It's real nice. I uh, we got the new fence up, and I'm planning all the gardening, and I'm gonna start uh, getting ready for for that time of year where it's just beautiful in the yard. Um, and I'm grateful for my dogs. They can be annoying as hell, but you know, little Otto, who's our new addition, just came in the room and he's just growing like a weed. He's a big guy now. Yeah, wow. he's uh, still like the cutest damn dog. He's like, you know, like he's like a teddy bear had made a monkey love child with. He <laughs> looks. He looks like dog. a toy. Yeah, he yeah. does. He looks like a stuffed animal. He's yeah. amazing. And with he's, teeth. He's, he's a he's a lover. He just loves being loved. Yep. So he's he's great. So. Those are my three things. Nothing too like woo woo, um, you know. I'm awesome. just uh, glad that I'm alive, and you know, I'm not feeling so great these days. I haven't had a uh, rolfing or any kind of body work in a mm. while, and it's starting to show. Mm. Just so, but you know, it's your body telling you something. So yep. yeah, yeah. Oh, and I'm also grateful my wife got these new chairs for us because. Oh, I'm these not, are really sweet. Oh, not They're nearly nice. as fidgety I like as I yeah. was most episodes. Like I, I'm not like, oh, ah, my back, my neck, <laughs> oh, and my, my back. back. This <laughs> is really nice. Uh, yeah, so um, that was out of the blue. Mm-hmm. So um, no, you got to tell her thank you. Yeah. So anyhow, Kyle, oh, that was four for me. Mm-hmm. I always do end up with four. Let me see. So I went out to Seattle, Washington last week to go see Alex. That's a dog. I went to go see Alex and uh, his girlfriend, a couple of buddies out there. And I am very grateful that I got to go spend some time in nature. We have we've had a lot of snow here lately and was a little bit depressed about this last month because it's just been constant snow and can't really do anything when it's that much snow. And um, out in Washington, we were able to go walk in the woods and do all that kind of stuff, and that that cured the depression really, really fast. And um, 
Having said that, though, I am also grateful to kind of be back on my diet, too. We ate a lot of fantastic food out there, but after a few days of eating like crap, I feel like crap. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm actually kind of grateful to be back on like my my own routine of, um, you know, my own workouts and stuff that I do here, my own my own disciplined diets, because um, I, I kind of like being in my own on my own schedule and I am also grateful I am grateful for good sleep um have been sleeping well the last couple of weeks and last couple of nights I got some decent sleep and that's just super valuable to me so yeah awesome yeah right well thank you everyone for listening uh we are going to be working on some psychoeducational stuff here moving forward and alongside the other topics and the other guests that we're going to be working with but if any of the listeners are interested about learning about sleep hygiene and coping skills and boundary setting and uh, fitness and nutrition and all that good kind of stuff, I might even dive into the love languages and doing you know all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. Ladies might man. jump into those. Um, but we are uh, we're going to be doing some stuff on that too here coming up. So stay tuned and thank you everyone for listening. All right, cheers. 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 All right, who's got the bowl? Kyle, pass me the bowl.